Thank you for joining us on the Underdog Podcast, the place where we believe at one point in your life, you were an underdog and overcame adversity. And for that reason, we want to hear your story. I am your boy, Calvin Blackman. And I am Kyle Decker. This episode is powered by the Job Center Staffing. Hey, Black, you have a box of tissues nearby? Bro, I don't cry, but I'll get a box for you. Hey, tough guy. Remember, this is one of the most emotional interviews we have done. Ah, you're right. The thought of not existing anymore, that's a powerful statement and something no one wants to think about. But when Tim Dorsey had to face this idea, his whole life changed. Through faith, family, and fitness, he epitomizes the underdog and has beaten life's odds. And today, he is the proud owner of Tim Dorsey Fitness and is in way better shape than Kyle Decker and even myself. Ouch. I don't know about your dad bod, but I'm looking okay. But hey, welcome, Tim. Thanks for coming. I appreciate it. One of the nicest gyms definitely that I've ever been. It's clean. Thank you very much. Good. So wait, hold on, hold on. Actually, for those that are looking, I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, doing some curls right now. So they go up to 70, 75. Yeah. You want yeah another one. This is like a, That's a, like five. a beer I lived in <laughs> last night. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, let's jump right in. Uh, 2014 um, was the fight of your life, um, in your words, which definitely was. Uh, please take a moment and share that story with us because uh, it, it, it's definitely no inspirational. Start, right? Yeah, I mean, I shed a tear uh, when I was reading the pre-notes. So. Well, I want to open up with um, the idea that I'm a talker, so if, I, if I'm rambling for too long, cut me because I can talk all day about this. Um, so in 2014, um, I, it's going to sound strange for me to, to say it this way, but, um, it was, it was actually one of the best years of my entire life. Um, I was starting my business. Uh, I had started my business like two years prior and, uh, we were growing very steadily, um, that year in June. Um, my wife and I would, would get married. Uh, I had never been on a vacation in my whole life that year. I got to go on vacation. We went to Jamaica and, um, we just had a blast. Jamaica was really awesome. And, uh, we came back two months later. We found out that, um, uh, we were going to be having our first child together. Um, good stuff, good stuff, good stuff, right. good stuff. Um, but then by, uh, December of that year, I was told that um, I had stage four cancer. It was uh, uh, nasal pharyngeal carcinoma, which is uh, a large uh, golf ball sized tumor that was on the base of my skull. And kind of what it was doing was, or how I knew that it existed was, um, it had thousands of arms and they were reaching out and they were grabbing onto my nerves and they were grabbing onto a bunch of different things. Um, <laughs> it um it shut down um a lot of nerve endings for my uh my smell and my taste started shutting down my right eye i was going like uh blind in my right eye and i had always had really nice vision um and i remember um so the the big things that happened that year were i remember my wife and i were driving to an indians game and we stopped and we got something to eat and I had uh, a drink that I would normally drink. And I was like, this tastes horrible. Taste it. And she's like, nah, it tastes fine to me. Um, so that was like the first thing that happened that I remember. Um, second thing that happened was we were in our, my house and um, she's like, do you smell that? I was, <laughs> I was like, do, you, do I smell what? And she was like, it, it smells like there's a skunk in our kitchen right now. And I was like, nah, I don't smell anything. And, there wasn't uh, a skunk, was it? There was not. Okay. Well, it, there was a skunk outside. Okay. okay. Not in my kitchen. <laughs> I thought she was going to ask if I crop dusted, but I did not. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I did not smell it at, like, at all. Like, and, I mean, a skunk is a pretty, right. you know, it's excessive. And uh, I th we, we thought that was weird. And then, like I said, um, I started, my right eyesight started going out. And then the other thing with my eyes was that I started seeing, um, like, lines of yellow, like really neon bright yellow, kind of like the walls that are around. I would see them um, gapped about two inches apart through my whole vision. 
And that was weird. And then the last thing that happened was um, right before um, or at the end of November, um, I thought I had a cavity coming into my tooth. I eat pretty clean. I, I work out. I, I, don't, I don't put a lot of junk in my body. And I take care, I, you know, I took care of my tooth very well. And um, I, we were just like, you know, why would I have a cavity? And it would, and why in my front teeth? It just, it was weird. So I we went and we saw uh, my dentist and we took some imaging and he said, you know, all clear. I don't, I have no idea what's going on with you or why it would hurt. And um, it was kind of like sitting in the chair talking to him that I got like an epiphany. I was like, I got all these things going on and it's all right here. And not only that, but my, um, the whole of this side of my face started going numb. Um, and what I didn't write in there was um, in 2011, I had a, a large benign tumor taken out of this side of my neck. It had also grown about golf ball size. Um, and I was kind of, when I was putting all those puzzle pieces together, I was kind of freaking out just because I already had a big tumor in my neck. And I was like, well, maybe it's something along those lines. So I, um, I kind of like sneaky, uh, went and saw an ENT without telling anybody about it. And when I went into his office, I, um, <clears throat> it was kind of like halfway through December. I went in and, um, he was like, well, tell me what's going on with you. I sat down and, and I was going through the list of all the things that were happening. And when I first started talking, he was kind of, he was looking at his charts and he was, you know, making notes, but he really wasn't paying attention to me. Um, he was kind of just like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then at a certain point in our conversation, he stopped taking notes and he stopped looking at his sheet and he like made direct eye contact with me and his whole, everything about him just kind of like changed. Like I said, I don't know what exactly I said, but I said something and he was just kind of giving me that, oh shit, kind of look, you know what I mean? And it was that look that he gave me um, that kind of started a pregame for me. Like I, I knew the way that he looked at me, that something bad was happening. I didn't know what it was. I just knew that whatever I said, like tipped a scale in the way that he was like, oh shit, I'm paying attention to what you're saying now. So he said, um, he's like, here's what I want to do. I want to do some scans. We'll set you up for tomorrow morning. He's like, I want to see you back in a week. And, um, so I went in, I got uh, the scans the next morning and like four hours after I got scanned, I got a call from his office and they were like, Dr. Mercer, we'd like to know if you can come back in tomorrow morning. And I was like, I, I already had something scheduled for next week. And they were like, he wants to see you like right away. I was like, oh crap. It's kind of like, you know, just again, just kind of amping up. I know like something bad's coming. I don't know what it is. Um, and I still hadn't told my wife yet. So I, I was like, all right, now I got to go back to the doctors. I got to get a scan again. I got to try to do this. I don't really want to say anything to anybody because I just wasn't prepared to have that type of conversation yet. So I went back and I got a, a, a more in-depth scan and we kind of had the same conversation. We want to see you back in a couple days. Um, yada, yada, yada. And uh, I got a call about three hours later. And they were like, Dr. Merzik wants to know if you can come back in uh, the next morning, he really wants to talk to you. And it was, you know, as if I didn't have enough like historical data, I was like, that was my, something's going to happen. <laughs> so, you know, like I said, 2014 was fantastic. It was really great. You know, I, business is good. Got married, you know, to my wife who I love more than anything in the world, found out I was going to have um, our, you know, we were going to have our first uh, child together. And then, um, my sleep sounds like crickets going on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm boring. <laughs> we are in the gym. Just a friendly reminder. So you're going to be hearing uh, the weights and uh, yeah, the, the reminders and the whole nine, which is great. It's a really good time. To yeah. Do. Just a little extra sound effects to uh, the, so the story. So to take it back. So you're in with the doctor, your right. wife's in the room, right? Or right. you, after you tell her what's yeah. going on and then, uh, then what happens? Yeah. So, so I told my wife, I said, Hey, um, I went to the doctor twice. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but he wants to see us in the morning. I kind of brought her up to speed. Um, I didn't mention um, anything about my feelings, about um, when I was talking to him and the way that he looked at me and, and the energy that I got from him. I didn't say anything like that. I just said, you know, um, I got something going on. 
Doc wants to talk to us. I don't know what it is, I said, but, you know, I want us to go in and, um, you know, do our best job to stay positive and stay upbeat. No matter what he says, you know, I just want to, I want to be prepared for it. Um, And I want you to be prepared with me. And um, it's all good saying it then, but it's different when you get there. So we got there. Uh, Love my doc, but he's a straight shooter. He, He didn't, he didn't, you know, beat around the bush in any way, shape or form. He said, you know, you have cancer. You have stage four cancer. Um, it's either this type or this type. We have to do a little bit more uh, to figure out which type it is. Um, either way, um, I need you to get your affairs in order, and I want you to get ready for the fight of your life. And that was like the very first thing that he said. And I, was, <laughs> I just kind of like, when he said that, um, I kind of just... Uh, was that movie with uh, uh, that guy who was a pitcher on the mound? He could shut everything out, and he'd, he'd start zoning. Oh, uh, you know what I'm talking um, about? Can't remember it. Had, uh, oh shoot, it's gonna you, come back to me at the probably somebody, like 30 some, minutes from now on the podcast. Somebody knows oh, what okay. we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Um, but I kind of just shut everything off at that point. Um, I looked over at my wife, and my wife, um, you know, she started she started crying, she started bawling immediately. And I really wasn't paying attention to anything that he was saying. After after he led with that, you know, he was talking about, you know, percentages and what it meant and, you know, survival rates and this and that about both types of cancer. And, um, again, I wasn't paying attention to him. I was just kind of looking at my wife, and I wanted her to make eye contact with me, and I wanted her to see, you know, that I was calm and um, you know, I really just wanted her to st- stop <laughs> and be okay. And I wanted to fix what he, you know, just said. And, um, you're kind of like in that moment, you're, there's, there wasn't a whole lot to, that I could do right then, right there. And she wouldn't look at me and, uh, she just kept looking at the floor and, you know, she was crying and Doc went through his whole thing and he's like, I'll give you guys a couple minutes and I'll be right back. And, um, you know, as soon as he left the room, she, she really let it go. And, you know, I walked over to her and, you know, we hugged for a very, very, very long time. And she, she cried it out. And, uh, I asked her to look up at me. And when she looked up at me, I said, I, I go, look, I said, he didn't say that I was going to die today. He didn't say that I was going to die tomorrow. He, he didn't say, you know, that I'm going to die this week. He said that I have cancer. And he said it didn't look great. And, you know, he said that um, we got to get ready to fight. And I said, so what do you want to do? And she was like, I want to fight. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, I said, well, if we're going to fight, I said, I need you. I guess I need you. I need you to be my rock. I said, uh I need you to be to be with me and and you know no matter what happens I need you to promise me that you'll be positive with me. I need you to promise me that you're going to you know stay positive up here and in here. Um you know and when I'm falling down pick me up when you're falling down I'll pick you up and I said and we'll fight and we'll get through it. And um she wiped her tears away and uh she said I promise. Uh and we walked out of the the doctor's office and that kind of began the cancer journey. Um I don't know if you want me to keep going on well, that or I, I was just gonna say in and then and I don't know if you have anything, but May nineteenth, two thousand and fifteen was was a big day, right? Yeah, yeah. Um well just um a lot of the things that I was told and a lot of the things that we went through um were completely uh circumvented. We like <laughs> you know, I was First off, like I had to, the very first thing that I had to do is I had uh, to get fitted for uh, this plastic mask that I had to wear. And this mask started here and it was like skin tight and they would pin me down to a table and it was like, like touching my face and like my beard was going out of it and it, it holds you down on the table while they put you in and I, and I get the radiation. And the very first day that they put me in, um, they were like, this is only going to take you know, 
maybe 20 minutes, you know, are you okay being in the machine for 20 minutes? So they had to get like the initial imaging to know where to shoot the radiation. That way they didn't do any like really, you know, harmful long-term damage. Um, so they put me in and um, I like to think that I'm a calm person, but as time passed and passed and passed, they kept saying the same thing. Couple more minutes, Tim, just a couple more minutes. Are you doing all right? Just a couple more minutes. And I got to the point where I was just like, there's no more minutes. If you don't let me out of the mach this machine, I'm going to hulk my way out of here. Turn it off and let me out of here, please. And um, so they shut it down. They let me out. And they were like, we just got two more minutes to do. Can we do it real quick? I said, yeah. And they, I, I you know, breathe. I worked through my meditation. They threw me back in there. They got what they needed. And when I left that place, I was like, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing, I don't want chemo and I don't want radiation. And, you know, like I said, in my notes, I turned into a stay at home cancer researcher. So, you know, I got online, I watched as many videos as I can about how to, you know, get through cancer and not do chemo, not do radiation, you know, how to uh, make my body more alkaline, how to, um, you know, not uh, how to eat, you know, for survival and, and what, what things to do um, naturally. Um, and there was a lot of solid information out there. And I was I was 100 I was doing that until everybody else heard about it. So as soon as like my uh, my 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 wife and my mother-in-law and my parents and you know all the doctors, as soon as I let that information go, uh, I got a call immediately from the head doctor, and she was like, "I you know I don't want to talk to you either way. I just want to talk to you real quick, and I just want to show you something and have a conversation about it." And I was like, "All right, well, um, I'll come in and we'll talk about it." So when I came in. She had me sit down and she had my images up and she said, I just want to show you something that you haven't seen yet. Um, and she pulled up where my tumor was and how big it was. And she said, she goes, it's, you know, like the smallest amount of the smallest amount away from my brain stem. And she's like, we don't know how fast it's growing right now. We just know that it's big and we know that it has a lot of arms and what we're really worried about is that if we don't do something immediately, that one of those arms is going to grab onto your brain stem and you're just going to go to sleep one night and never wake up. And she was like, and how big it is and how many arms it has, I'm worried that it's going to be very fast. And she was like, and I don't want to say this, but she's like, I don't think that you would make it to see your daughter born. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, Tough. There ain't a lot to talk about there, you know what I mean? Like you, you're probably not gonna make it a couple months uh, if you if we don't do something now. Um, so I was like, let's let's go. <laughs> so you were like, all right, I'm back on board. <laughs> I did want to go to Tijuana, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna do the the, the natural yeah. route right now. So I got back on board, and um, you know the things that they said were gonna happen, like with my type of cancer, you know, I had to get a port. And what they wanted to do is they wanted to do a feeding tube. And, um, you know, if I got the tube uh, in, put in, then more than likely my throat was going to shut down and I wasn't going to be able to use it anymore and I would have to eat through the tube for the rest of my life. Um, they would want me to keep the port in because I would have to come in and keep getting different types of treatment and stuff like that. Um, you know, I was going to lose my hair and I was going to... Um, kind of wither down to nothing. And they gave me like all the worst case scenarios that were probably going to happen based on historical data with the type of cancer that I had. Um, you know, going back to that, um, you know, that May 19th date, um, all of the really, really horrible things that were supposed to happen to me really didn't happen to me. Um, four weeks into chemo and radiation, I started like getting pins and needles in my throat and I had to take like a magical, it was a magic mouthwash is what they call it. Um, that would kind of like numb my mouth and I could eat. Um, it really didn't matter for me. Like everything when I was going through cancer tasted like pennies, no matter what, just cause of the, the chemo. Um, so like eating wasn't satisfying in any way shape or form even if i could swallow it was just like like if you can imagine just putting pennies in your mouth and trying to swallow it like cake tasted like pennies eggs tasted like pennies water water and there's like there's no way to describe it unless you to describe it unless you can um unless you've been through it like when you cannot taste food there's just nothing there's no satisfaction in eating so i didn't eat anything 
Um, really, I drink a little bit of water. My wife would try to force feed uh, eggs and protein shakes to me uh, through the whole process. And I went from, I was 198 pounds, which I'm like about 190 right now. And I was in the, the absolute best shape that I've ever been in my entire life. I was, you know, I couldn't have been in a better place for, you know, at that point or at any point. And I dropped down into, uh, at 145 was my lowest. What was great for me though, is like I was so well built that my body had a lot to um, survive off of. Had a lot, so I wasn't eating very well, but I, it was, it was, had a lot of energy to work with because I was so uh, in shape. And the doctors like to, they, they told me that they like to say that the reason why my experience wasn't as bad as some people that have gone through the same experience is that I had taken care of myself so well um, prior. So, you know, I did lose um, my hair and I did lose, you know, uh, my beard and I was burnt to a crisp through my neck. And, you know, I, I had pins and needles through my, my throat and, you know, my, um, I still don't make saliva and I, you know, I didn't make saliva then. I would wake up in the middle of the night and I would have like, um, um, I would, I would wake up having a dream that there was a sock stuffed in my mouth or that I was being choked by somebody because my mouth was so dry that I couldn't open my mouth. Um, it was either that or my, my gums would produce blood because I couldn't produce saliva. So I would wake up and it would look like I had like purple lipstick on and my lips would be like sewn shut and I'd have to like pull them open, uh, cause the blood would dry. Um, so like I had little things happen, but I didn't have like those big horrible things happen. Like they said, you're never going to lift weights the way that you lifted weights before. You're never going to look like you did before. You're never going to be as physical as you were before. You won't eat like you did before. You had all these things, all these things, all these things. Um, and you know, no matter what they said, I, I didn't, I never really subscribed to it. I was just like, you know, I'm just going to keep doing my best job. I'm going to keep eating right the way that I, and acting right and doing the things that I know that are good for me. And, you know, I believe that when I come out of it, I'm going to come out better. I'm going to come out healthier. I'm going to come out with a stronger mind, stronger spirit. And that's what happened, you know, after, after, you know, one round of, uh, we did 35 days of radiation and we did, uh, three rounds of progressive chemo, um, I was cleared uh, on May 19th of uh, the next year. And now, you know, I ju we just passed four years of um, no more cancer. So uh, pretty cool stuff. Pretty cool. That's not, not cool. That's unbelievable. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you for sharing that story and being so open. And um, so outside of, you know, being physically in shape, what do you think mentally um, you know, to sustain and get through that process. I know obviously it's a huge mental, um, you know, do you also credit your mental, you know, uh, aptitude as far as, uh, you know, using your meditation or self-talk you talked about, is there any, anything else that you could recommend that maybe someone else that's listening, that's going through cancer, um, that, uh, what are the recommendations to get through that process? Well, you know, this is going to sound, um, I don't know, it might sound silly to other people or maybe it won't, but I don't wish, I don't wish cancer on anybody. I, I wish that it didn't exist. I wish that, you know, no one would ever have to go through the stuff that they go through. You know, when I was a kid, I didn't really know anybody with cancer, you know, growing up, even, even into my twenties, I didn't really know anybody with cancer. And it just seems like everybody like there's so many people that like everybody knows somebody with cancer now, you know what I mean? Um, I wouldn't wish it on anybody, but one way that I've chosen in my heart and in my head to look at cancer is I look at it like any other um, failure. I look at it as a, a gift and a lesson. So before I got cancer, I was a little more high strung, um, a little more, attitude you know i was i don't want to say i was a jerk or anything like that but you know i would you know, i was if i was driving in traffic and somebody cuts me off real hard or breaks hard or if somebody was to flip me off i could get aggressive you know what i mean i could be angry at somebody i could be and um you know that was kind of i was just at a different stress level uh before cancer and one um 
thing that I was that I had chosen to pull away from the situation was that nothing is is as important as your life. Like somebody pulling out in front of you or somebody bad mouthing you or, you know, people, t- you know, if somebody, you know, back in the day, if somebody was like, you know, I don't like Tim Dorsey's gym, he sucks at what he does. Um, I'll never go to his gym. That would like hurt my heart for a long time. I'd be like, why are people saying all these mean things about me? And then I, you know, I'd carry that for days and I'd want to, you know, I'd want to be like, you know, how can I get that person back? You know, like, and now it's like, that stuff's not important at all, like in any way, shape or form. The, the thing about cancer was that I had to, I had a moment where, you know, I, I was, I remember I was all by myself and I was sitting in a chair that I always sat in uh, at home and I was looking out the window and it was in the dead of winter. And I just had this, you might die. Like you, there's a great chance that you're not going to exist. Like, even though I would like, I like to come at, I like attacked it with positivity. I, I still had that breakdown moment where I was like, there's a strong potential that death is going to happen. You know what I mean? And, and when you have to face the idea of, of you not existing anymore, everything is, everything is different then. You know, I, um, I look at my kids way longer and I, and I'm so much calmer with the kids. Like I was like, I, if my parents ever watched this, like my mom used to beat the crap out of me with a wooden spoon, not in like an abusive way, but that's what moms used to do. And, you know, my dad used to give me cracks, uh, you know, if I was out of line or whatever, um, they, they were great people. Um, but you know, um, my, um, our relationships are different. You know what I mean? Like my, I wasn't, I, I never, I never, I, I've never been a spanker or anything like that. But, you know, I was, a, I was like, all right, I'll get that dad voice come out. Like my mom, my mom had the worst <laughs> dad voice, grandpa voice in the history. Like my mom said, ah, you stop doing what you're doing immediately. Cause she always had a wooden spoon on her person. <laughs> she broke a couple on me every once in a while. That's what I need but, to do to get, uh, <laughs> Mr. Blackman in line. It sounds like I need to get mama spoon. spoon? Right, yeah. <laughs> Keep you in. That's a brand name. Mama spoon. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you can do that anymore. Uh, but I never like, like I never, uh, I don't, I, I would never, I never hit, uh, whoop my kids. But like I would kind of be on, they, like they were my again, just kind of being, like being out in traffic. I was shorter, um, and you know, it's there's why why be stressed out? Um, you know, I I watch sunrises and suns and sunset, and you know, I look for beauty all around me. And like, and again, you know, just backing up, that was. The thing that I would say about it is that, um, you know, I, I want, I would say pull the positive out of every situation. And, and that was the biggest thing that I could pull from cancer is that, you know, I had to imagine um, inevitability and the idea that, you know, a lot of people don't want to face the, the thought that at some point you're not going to exist no matter when it is. It might be today or tomorrow. It might be, you know, a week from now and it might be when you're 105, but no matter what that happens. And we don't talk about it and we don't face it. We don't think about it. We, we don't like to, but like so much good comes out of at least having that conversation. You know what I mean? So for me to have that thought process, that conversation in my head was like, it was big for me. And, and, um, I think that, um, that helped me so much through the process, having that I might die I need to make sure that I'm enjoying myself right now because, you know, why wouldn't I, you know what I mean? Um, so that was a, one of the bigger things that helped me through my process. Um, staying positive. That's great. That's a great answer. And, and I think that's very helpful. And then you talk about takeaways, um, not only just with someone facing, whether it's cancer or any other thing that, that could be life threatening. I mean, just your outlook on life, you know, translate that to business, translate to family. I mean, um, oftentimes I know I get in the, it's great for me to hear because I oftentimes, you know, lose track of that too. I mean, I think it's so easy to do that, like you said, and, um, I can't imagine being in your shoes, but I think it's important for folks like myself and Calvin, like, Hey, put ourselves in your shoes to kind of like, Hey, that's, 
you know, I, I, it could happen to any of us. Right. I mean, it's just, it's just, that's the facts of life. Like you said, and, um, with father time or mother nature, we were talking about going across the, the, the ferry. It's like, Hey, mother nature, we're in the middle of the lake, something goes down. It's, you know, and there's just things that, you know, um, that, that are going to happen, you know, and that's father times undefeated and, you know, putting it in perspective, you know, I think it's good for all of us to hear that. So thank you for, for, you know, providing that advice. Have you, uh, had any contact with the nurse, I believe who told you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I still talk to, um, my, um, uh, <laughs> uh, my radiologist, I still talk to him. I send him emails every once in a while. You know, he was, um, one of the coolest doctors that I've ever worked with. He was, uh, a hundred percent on board with everything that I said and wanted to do. And he's like, I get it. He's like, I understand what you're saying. He's like, um, <laughs> the road that you that we're asking you to go down is a very tough one and it's a hard decision to make and um you know I, i'm i i would never want to make the decisions that you have to make because i you know i had told him that i don't want to do this i want to go natural and um you know i'd asked him if he had any opinions on that and um you know one of the cool things i remember him saying to me is uh, when it was over-ish, you know, when we got to the um, being cleared of it, he was just like, he goes, you know, I hope someday that you continue talking to people about this situation. And I hope that, you know, if you ever get, you know, antsy that you'll either do it yourself or have somebody write a book about it. He's like, because I really, he's like, I, I, I haven't seen anybody get through the type of cancer that you just got through the way that you got through it. And like I said, it was, there was a lot of bad, but what they told me was going to happen, like, you know, just didn't happen. And, you know, that made me feel really, you know, really right. great and inspired. I was like, yeah, well, <laughs> that says something, you know what I mean? About how we need to make sure that, you know, cause, you know, as a whole, we don't do a great job of taking care of ourselves and putting things in our body that belong in our body. Um, you know, physically, spiritually, or mentally, you know, like I said, we, we tend to allow negative energy to en enter us in one way, shape or another, you know what I mean? We're, we're doing it through media, we're doing it through social media, we're doing it through our, our friends, or we're, we're allowing, you know, we're allowing the people uh, to taint our hearts and our spirits, you know what I mean? Um, so I, I like to, show and prove that you know all this stuff is important you know I, I coach in here about how like um in my you know in my opinion and, and 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 i'm not i didn't originate with the thought you know it's something that i've gotten from someone else like everything is everything to me like everything is everything the way that i act you know in the gym and the way that i act outside of the gym and the way that i am at home and the way you know that i am before bed and when i wake up it's all the same you know what i mean i can I tell people in here, like, I can, I can watch you work out and I can tell you how life's going out there for you. I can watch the way that you carry yourself in the building and the way that you interact with people and the way that you talk to people. And I can tell you, and I, and I can be pretty on point with how things are, are going for you out there. Or, you know, if, if, if maybe we're having issues at home or in our job or whatever, you know, everything is everything. And, and I like to make sure that in all of my environments, um, cultivating a positive motivational environment. And then I'm putting that out um, to people. And I like to do that for myself. Like I, uh, one of the guys that I listen to a lot, you know, I wake up in the morning and I can sit up in my bed and I can go, oh shit, I gotta go to work. Or I can go, man, I'm, I, got, I got a nice job. I get to go to work, you know what I mean? I can get up and be, you know, angry about the fact that it's four in the morning. Or I could be like, man, I can hear birds singing outside. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying I wake up, Every morning like that, I wake up with, ah, shit, it's four o'clock every once in a while. But <laughs> I do know that, you know, when I wake up in a positive mindset, the rest of my day goes a lot better. But when I wake up really aggravated with the idea of having to adult, you know, the rest of my day goes that way. You yeah. know what I mean? And today I know, you were excited to get up and uh, talk to Block and Decker here. Super excited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was super excited. I, uh, I know at four in the morning you were like, man, Kyle and Calvin are coming. I can't wait. I was, and more importantly, actually, Tiffany. I, mean, I, I so. was worried about the camera because I was like, man, my eyes are going to be beat red. I'll probably have bags under my eyes. Because nah. we also have a two-month-old baby, 
right yeah, now. Yeah. I have uh, 18 or 19 kids. Actually, it's five. Uh, but we have a, <laughs> I have a 15-year-old. I have a, um, an 11-year-old. I have a four-year-old. I have a one-and-a-half-year-old, and I have a two-month-old. Wow. We have no slowdown. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, I know this is way off base and not what we're talking about at all, but we, my, 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 my baby soiled uh, a onesie last night. My wife throws it in. Um, uh, we have a, a sink downstairs where the washer and dryer is, and that sink is where the, the outlet for the water goes for our washing machine. So she, my daughter starts a load of laundry, fills up the sink. The sink goes over. Uh, so she comes up at 10 o'clock at night and she's like, dad, there's like two inches of water on the basement floor right now. Oh, and I'm no. like, you gotta be kidding me. I go to bed at like eight thirty, nine o'clock. Cause I gotta be here at four 30 in the morning. Right. Um, so I go downstairs and there's like water everywhere. And my wife is a little sick right now and she's a lot, a great mom right now. So she's tired cause she's got, you know, always has a baby. She's always got a baby. She's always awake and, um, she comes down and she walks into the room and she goes, ah, and she just turned around, <laughs> went back upstairs. I knew she was like uh, freaking out. So I, you know, stayed down there, me and Kylie, and we, we got it all taken care of. By the time we got done, it was almost midnight. And I'm like, I got that thing tomorrow. I'm going to look like garbage. I got to wake up in like four hours. <laughs> and then our baby was up all night long, like every hour and a half, two hours. Uh, so we got zero sleep. Um, but you know, whatever. But you're doing your thing. We walk in and you're you're barking out orders to rocking. your class, and you're doing your thing. Got to rock. So yeah, we got to come. We got to come up, beat. and uh, you got to put us to work. We got, yeah, so, we could do so that. So we uh, we got to come back, and uh, actually, he's starting to get the dad bod too. So even though he gives me crap, <sighs> you know, we gotta we gotta get. Uh, you have a nice nice shop, like I said, for those um, that are going to be in and around Sandusky or. Um, you know, do you do any coaching over online or anything yet? Or is that something you see in the future? So if someone wanted to reach out or. I don't coach online. Um, it is something that I've always wanted to, to work into. Um, like, I don't want to sound like an underachiever, but like real talk, I, I wake up super early and I'm here basically from like, you know, five or five thirty in the morning until about six o'clock at night. I'm very lucky in, in that I, you know, have this environment that my family can come to. So, you know, my wife was already here with uh, one of the kiddos. And then generally, you know, um, another one or two will make their way throughout the day. You know, I can leave if I want to and all that good stuff. But I'm here all day long uh, coaching all my classes and, and doing one-on-ones and stuff like that. And then by the time I get home, I got to spread myself in between uh, trek and soccer and baseball and babies. And so um, you're busy right man. now. I'm just kind of, yeah, I'm trying it's not to. Something we've been talking on this trip. I think there's a lot. Um, this has been the northern trip and everyone's hard workers, man. And it's, it's unbelievable. How, and I think it's good because Calvin, we've been talking a lot about he's part time and we're trying to get him to go full time. Right, so right. you're working five to in the morning till six, yeah. you get up at Don't four. Don't believe the lie that <laughs> telling you. No, I mean, it, it really is. It's been a good, really good influence. And you're just, you're finishing this trip. You're our last uh, interview on the trip. And you're, you're setting a good example for, for Mr. Blackman. So, <laughs> so good. So that's so a great good. pattern. That's a great pattern. So yeah. you don't want to pay overtime. Though. You don't want to, you don't want to get time and a half. A, yeah, right. He, right. Yeah. He's a, he, right. He, 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 he identified you at the, uh, the clock in, clock out. I didn't watch. say that at all. I said, your boss doesn't want to pay. Who is the boss? Who is it? Who's the champ? Well, Tiffany's the, uh, oh, she's oh, the yeah, yeah. she here, don't want to so. pay time and a half. Yeah. I know that. For yeah, sure. yeah. She's, she's got us in line. You can tell that she got us in here and set up and yeah, she's, she, uh, but what a great, you know, community uh, you guys have up here. You know, all this, all the towns we've met, and and obviously you, you're treating us with first classes. As we said, we came in and we saw how organized and how uh, beautiful this facility is, and your team and and what you're accomplishing here. You're helping change lives. We talk about that all the time. Uh, you know, our main core business is is a staffing company, and uh, we're helping people get careers, and you're helping people you know, obviously, uh, develop their, their physical abilities and sounds like mental abilities as well. So, um, you know, and I love the investment into a community, you know, it seems like the town, I haven't been a lot up here, but it seems like as we're driving through, it seems 
some investments coming back into the area and obviously this is a big piece of it so um how can how can uh you know what other ways for i know it's tim dorsey fitness are you uh i know we saw your you have facebook page right uh instagram so i basically just social media yeah i'm on uh tim dorsey fitness on facebook i'm tim dorsey fitness uh on instagram and uh that's about all i do um uh i don't want to throw any advertising under the bus or whatever but i you know from day one we've been real hard on social media sure and we um that's kind of how we grew our business you know we went from you know a, a small group of there was a group of five committed people with yoga mats uh that i borrowed um on a concrete floor in the basement of a hotel what year was that uh 2011 um 2012 sorry 2012 we were down there um to where we're at right now um which is what social uh, media and word base, of mouth your basement gym would fit like in that corner over there <laughs> no it was actually an okay size oh, it was, was it? Like, okay. it was probably wall to wall oh wow um, okay. that's a big but it was, it was just real corridor we could, right. we could fit about uh without in a comfortable way we could fit about 25 people down there any any more than that we were in trouble um down there, but it was humble beginnings, right? I mean, we love the underdog. Yeah, you know, it's a podcast. So now, you know, overcoming cancer obviously is is um, in that story. It was once again is a tearjerker, and thank you for sharing that. I think it's important for you yeah. to do that. I think that gives people inspiration, and hope from a business perspective. I mean, you started like you said at humble beginnings, and outside of the marketing piece, um, how did you grow your business? Is it off of just you know you have a business model of treating people the right way, and so you get a lot of referrals? Is it you know, what's a good way for someone that's maybe in your industry or in the, um, you're really in the customer service industry, right? Like, how do you, how'd you grow your, outside of your marketing and, and that, how did you grow your business? It was definitely word of mouth. Um, you know, my, and, and, you know, working your butt off when I, um, you know, before I decided to go on my own, well, first, I mean, do we have time for me to tell a little short one real quick? Yeah, you're good. Absolutely. So, I got, um, I came back to Sandusky in like the end of 2009, beginning of 2010. And, you know, I left a job where I was like, I was a regional uh, manager for a data distribution company. And I drove a lot. And, you know, I um, talked to, you know, their regional managers and the area managers and their GMs. And that was kind of my job was selling. Um, and and getting people on data distribution packages. And when I came back to Sandusky, Ohio, there wasn't a lot in this area um, for me to do in the way of um, you know my my experience. If I wanted a job, I would have needed to go a job in what I was doing at the pay rate that I was getting. I would have needed to go outside of you know where we're at, drive an hour this way, drive an hour that way, or go two and a half hours uh, south. Um, and I did the resume dance for a little while and, um, in order to make ends meet, I needed to make sure that I was, you know, I, I had, I, you know, I mentioned that I have a 14 year old or a 15 year old now, uh, and an 11 year old now at the time they were, they were you know, a little smaller and I got to take care of those kids. Right. So while I was pushing the resume out, I took a job. Um, I was a bartender and I was also a laborer and on the, um, on the construct, I was on a construction site one day and we, we, we had lifted a house up off the ground and my job was always like grunt work. I was like, go take this heavy stuff over there, pick this up, take it over there, go get them some stuff, bring them, you know, whatever. And they, uh, had Mus- me on a, you're the muscle guy. Yeah. <laughs> was, it you know, shows I'm the grunt, yeah. the gopher, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they had me on a jackhammer. Um, and it was like my second time ever being on a jackhammer, by the way. So I'm on this 80 pound jackhammer and we're knocking the, a footer out. And there was like five other guys doing what I was doing, but in different parts of this house. So we're getting rid of the, the, the foundation, the footer. And while that's going on, there's two backhoes up top and they are uh, taking out some concrete stuff up top. And there's just a lot of banging and stuff going on. Um, the day before we had taken a bunch of block off of the, one of the outside walls and it was just a dirt wall. So the dirt wall went up to the concrete. The concrete was getting pulled away by the backhoes. The dirt wall collapsed, hit me in the back of the head, knocks me over, buries me. 
didn't knock me out, but it kind of like really just like, I, if you ever felt that feeling where you like, you're coming to, but I wasn't, you know, I wasn't like out, out. Um, but I was getting pulled out of the dirt by a bunch of people and everybody's yelling at me and I'm dizzy and I don't really know what's going on. And, and I just remember hearing this guy go, are you all right? And I was like, yeah, what is going on? And they were like, the, you just got buried. And I remember that, um, after I calmed myself down, I look over, um, at my boss and I was like, Hey, I'm never coming back here again. (laughs) (laughs) And I went home that day and it was kind of that day I made the decision that no matter what, I was going to start doing things that I wanted to do. And I was going to find a way to do things that I wanted to do. And it was not ever, ever going to be about money again. And it was never going to be about anything about, I want to be happy. And, you know, the thing that I wanted to do to be happy was I wanted to train people. I was like, I would be great at it. That's what I want to do. I'm going to do it. When I started. You bet on yourself. Right. When I started, I um, started doing it out of a side room in my house. And I would have people come over. We go into the side room. We work out. They go home, yada, yada, yada. And um, I I had also worked at a a larger gym. And, um, you know, when when I was in this house, I was trying to make this happen. I was still bartending at night. You know, I went through a period where my car got repoed twice. I got kicked out of two houses, and I'm a, you know, I'm a 30-year-old man. Got kicked out of two houses. I lived with my mom for a little while. I lived with my dad for a little while. Um, uh, everything that possibly, you know, financially and stability-wise could have went wrong did go wrong. You know, my um, the last year before things started going in an okay direction for me, uh, you know, we kind of missed Christmas. And I remember one of my really, really great friends went out of his way um, and like collected a bunch of stuff for the kids and brought it over. And I remember like, I just like, kind of like fell on the floor. And I, you know, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, oh man, this is like, the, this is like it was a horrible for me. Cause I was like, you know, my, I had my car repoed. I had my house taken away from me. And, you know, I can't even give my kids, uh, you know, Christmas and, you know, things were just really, really bad. <laughs> and in that time, my older sister, she brought over a book and she was like, you know, I know things are not going good for you right now. <laughs> I want you, I want you to read this book and I want you to do the things that it says to do. And hopefully it helps you. And uh, the book was The Secret. And I don't know if you've read it before. It's a, it's a very cliche book. It says a lot of cliche things, but like so much good stuff in it. And one of the things that it asked me to do is it asked me to, to write all the things that um, I'm, I'm grateful for in my life. And I remember, you know, reading uh, the instruction and just like losing it. Because I, I was like, I don't have, what do I have? I don't have anything to be thankful for. Like, what can, what can I write in this? Like, you know, my, I can't, I can't take care of my kids. I can't keep a house. I don't have any food in the refrigerator. Like, I'm, you know, I, I can't get a real job. Like, I'm like, I was like, so like, eh, eh, eh. and I remember I sat and I, I cried for a little while and I looked up at the clock and I was like, oh man, kids are going to be home anytime now. I got to get my stuff together. And I remember going, my kids are coming home. <laughs> like, that's positive. And I, like, I wrote that in the book. I was like, I, my, I, my kids are coming home. And I was like, my, my kids are healthy. I was like, yeah, my kids are healthy. My kids are really funny. They're smart. They're great. All my, I wrote all these great things about my kids. And I was like, my, you know, my, my dad and my mom are still alive. My dad was just here the other day, and he hugged me, and he told me he was proud of me. You know, my mom, um, you know, told me she was proud of me and she loved me and not to give up. You know, my sister loves me enough to, to bring a book over and to help me get my spirits up. And I kept writing all this stuff and I ran out of, places, you know, places to write. And uh, that day was another defining moment for me in that I was just like, I made the decision that I was going to take control of my own world. And when I talk to clients, I talk about this and not in a religious way, but I say like, guys, you know, you are the God of your world. Like I'm not talking religion. I'm just like, you are in control of everything around you. 
It's all perspective. And it's all the way that you handle information that's given to you. Like I could be, I can make everything about my life the worst thing in the world. I can make it the worst place in the world. I can feel horrible about myself. I can, I can, I can build garbage. I can build, you know, that world if that's what I want. Or I can create heaven on earth. I can do these great things and keep my mind and my heart in the right place. And I can build the best place in the world that anyone's ever seen. You know what I mean? And that's just through my perspective. And I'm, like I said, that I remember that day just feeling like I got to stop acting like a bitch and I have got to start making moves and just build this world that I want because I don't want to be where I'm at right now. I don't. And I do have a lot of great things. I just have to be thankful for those things like the book told me to be. And I have to, you know, ask for more things and I have to ask myself to be greater and I have to ask the universe to help me be greater. And then I have to take all that greatness and I have to give it to other people. Otherwise it's not going to come back. You know what I mean? So I kind of, that's what I started doing uh, um, is I want to bring people from, you know, I, I like, we have a powwow in here every once in a while where we sit down and we talk about goals and everybody's like, I want to lose weight and I want to get stronger and I want to eat better and I want to do this and I want to do that. And I always turn the conversation in. I want you to love yourself. I don't care what the scale says. When, when, you know, if you're 175 pounds right now, you can drop it all the way down to 125. If you don't love yourself, that 125 don't mean anything. You know what I mean? Like, guys, I want to get stronger. I want to bench press 300 pounds. Well, you can take yourself up to bench pressing 300 pounds. If you don't love yourself, if you don't feel great about yourself here and here, that don't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. Right. And so that's the thing that we try to coach. And that's, I think that's one of the reasons why I do okay in my environment is that I'm not worried about the scale and I'm not worried about the inches and I'm not worried about like anything except that they are feeling my my heart and that they're feeling my positivity and that they're feeling what I'm trying to give them and that I want that I want them to do is I want them to have that evolution and then I want them to take that and give it to somebody else you know whether it's their kids or somebody at work or whatever and they're we're cultivating a way better place if we can do that for each other you know what I mean yeah no, so, that's, I mean that's changing once again you're not just changing lives you're changing a community you're changing a whole you know we need more folks like you so, um, you know, gift of giving. the gift of giving and just your, 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 I mean, just what you just said, it's amazing. And, and I, I would love, man, I wish I lived in Sandusky. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't come here and work. I would. Tim. He, you met a guy last night that could helicopter you in. If you guys, uh, yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah, that's drop true. you off. You guys could work out. Yeah, I was like, hey, you know what? Come pick me up in Cincinnati sometime on that heli helicopter. Well, and I'll work you know, out. Yeah, we'll drop on the top of uh, Tim's roof. We'll get a workout in. Then we'll go right over to, uh, but he made fun of me because I said like Putin, like Vladimir Putin Bay. And uh, yeah, I, so I haven't lived Putin, that one down with the group. Yeah, it's not Putin. <laughs> Definitely not Putin. I learned that. So I learned a lot in the last uh, 48 hours, but uh, that was many. But no, um, you know, that, that, you know, all, everything you've said is so, um, you know, impactful. And I think for anyone that's listening would be appreciative of all the advice. Um, you know, what other, you know, is there anything else that you can take away? I know we're, we're kind of coming to a conclusion here and we appreciate all of your time. What, any other great advice? I mean, that's, this is fantastic. You know, obviously the rock bottom moments, the underdog story. Um, and I'll, I'll be the first one to say it. We've, we've interviewed getting closer to 10, 10 guests and, your story is the best, and I'm sorry to their previous guests, but I'm going to throw this out there. It's the best underdog story we've had. Uh, and they have different ones, and they have great, you know, but to me it's just your, um, you know, from, from personal to business to everything is just really, really, um, you know, inspiring. So, you know, in days that I feel bad for myself, I'm going to think of, uh, think of you and say, hey, it can be a lot worse, you know. And, and uh, But is there anything else that you can tell our listeners to take away any other life or business practices as, as we conclude here? Um, you know, there's still one thing that I am, you know, working on myself and working through myself. And I feel like um, once I can bust through the wall, um, so many great things uh, will follow. Um, <laughs> one thing that I've always dealt with, um, 
my whole life and has evolved since, you know, um, having the cancer and just, you know, getting that perspective shift uh, is fear and, and the fear of, of failing and the fear of um, not being good enough or the fear of uh, letting people down or, you know, whatever the fear is, um, you know, for me, I'm trying to do a better job of, of letting go of it and allowing myself to be completely vulnerable and allowing myself to um, be myself in my environment and accept myself in my environment and take chances um, because that's been the one thing that I've always, 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 always had a hard time with is... Um, is having a believing heart and having um, belief in my success and, and taking the next step into the next place. You know, even just moving from, you know, my basement location into my second location into my third location, even though we've seen a lot of success and we've constantly been going, like we've been on this uphill climb, every jump for me has been just super, like I fear, like the idea of, well, what happens if I, you know, I don't want to mess up. Like I'm the breadwinner for my family. Like if I mess this up, you know, what the heck are we going to do? You know, I've, I had right. that on my heart, um, you know, and so far so good as far as like, you know, I got to take that shot. You know, I got, I, if I, if you can't stay in the same spot, you know what I mean? If you're always doing the same thing and you're, and, and you're never willing to walk up to that, to that ledge or walk up into that next spot or take that chance, you're never going to get to that, that next spot. You know, before I, before I met, my wife is six years younger than me. And I remember that I was divorced with two kids and I was at um, the gym and she would come in all the time and I would be like, man, that girl is just, if I could talk to her, like life would be, <laughs> life would be, yeah. Like, you apparently you know I mean? talk like, to her. She'd come in her ponytail would be back and forth, <laughs> back and forth. And I would try to go talk to her um, so many times. I'd be like, I'm going to go do it today. And I walk out, I'm going to go, here's what I'm going to say. And I walk over this way and I, and I wouldn't do it. And um, when, I, when I decided to talk to her was actually, it was two weeks after they took this tumor out. And again, guys, if, this, if you're really listening and paying attention, like I don't, I, I, it doesn't always take life-changing events for you to make life-changing uh, decisions. But like, I was like, in that moment, I was like, when I decided to talk to her, I had this big, I could take this off, right? No yeah. big deal. So I have this scar that runs from here and it goes uh, all the way to the top of my ear. And then it goes all the way here. They actually like removed my ear to take this tumor out. And um, I remember I was in the gym and this girl had been like, She's never going to talk to me. Even if you do go talk to her, bro, you got two kids. She's hot. She's younger than you are. You're an old guy. You might as well just, you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, I envisioned in my head, like, I'm just, I need to go find a girl who's got two or three kids already. She's separated from her husband and then going through the same things that I'm going through. That way we make sense and I don't have to actually work for anything. You know what I mean? And, uh, but the day I, I remember I was sitting on the floor and I had all these stitches uh, going through here and this, it was like, it was gross looking. Um, and I'm just like sitting on the floor and I'm stretching. She walks in and I was like, I go, fuck it. <laughs> and I got up and I walked over and my opener to my wife was, hi, I'm Tim. I'm a trainer here. I've seen you around and I just wanted to let you know that if you ever want to do like a free workout, I'd be more than willing to walk you through that. And she was like, that sounds nice. Thank you. And that was it. And uh, I was like, well, I'm going to go work out now. <laughs> That's all I said. But I broke that ice. Uh, and then I saw her the next time she came in and I was like, have you, were you thinking about doing that workout? And she was like, I don't know. And then the next time she came in, I was like, were you thinking about doing that workout? And she was like, fine, I'll do the workout. Uh, so we, we started working out. Um, but you know, that's just one of those things like, where would my life be right. if I didn't step outside of my box, my comfort zone, you know, would I still be in that place? Would I still be a bartender at the gym? You know, not taking those chances. Was she the thing that made me better, stronger, more confident? Was she the thing that took me out of my, you know, was that chance that I took enough motivation to take another chance? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, where would I be if that, if that instant 
And sometimes you have to, I mean, like you said, it sounds like, well, first of all, you're going to continue to fight your fears. I believe in it. And obviously you have shown that. I think sometimes when you're back against the wall, it sounds like you're, you know, sometimes that's when you fight the best. Um, but as you said, you want to fight the fears all the time, but, um, you know, there's, there's things I always tell some of our folks is like, just screw it, you know, go, you know, stop thinking about it. You know, like you said, just don't be afraid. Uh, yeah. And I usually say, you know, the, I say the same thing. Fuck it. Go. Just go. <laughs> like, just go, man. You gotta go. Yeah, just go. Go. I mean, you're not, you know, you, like you said, you, you only live once, um, you know, and, and you, you just got to go. You know, you got to be aggressive and you got to go. That's a common theme in people that are sustaining excellence that we've seen already with our podcast. Obviously, we listen to a lot of the others. We, you know, um, and the funny thing is that someone else actually already mentioned the book, uh, the secret, right. Mm -hmm. Uh, which I haven't read, which I obviously need to go and read. Um, but you know, there's patterns with people and there's a pattern with you, Tim, I mean, of, of that. And so your biggest fear is, you know, overcoming your fears and, and that's, um, you know, once again, transparency is great for us to hear. And I think there's a lot of people that are, you're not alone. We know that, um, you know, we had, uh, a guest that, you know, talked about the anxiety and the, in the um, depression that circled some of his fears and how he overcame those. And like I said, how you're doing it. And um, you know, sometimes you just got to, like you said, just get it and go, you know, and stop thinking. So that's great. One of the, one of the questions that you asked me on there was if I could go back in time and I could talk to my 21 year old me, what would, you know, what would I say? And that was like the, the, the capstone of the paragraph um, was that, (laughs) um, I wish that I wasn't afraid back then to do the things that I know that I can, that I can do right now. There's one lady that I follow. She says, you have five seconds to launch. If you don't do it within five seconds, if you don't make that initial move, you're going to shut yourself down and you're, and you're not going to do that thing unless, you know, if it could get spark, it could get ignited at some other point. But in that moment, if you don't jump on it, like right off the get, like you're going to let it go and you're just going to, you know, eventually, stay in that spot and that, and it, and again you know i think again if i could give that one piece of advice to the people that are listening or, or to if go back and and shake that 21 year old guy and just be like bro you got it like you're all right like you're going to be all right you got to you got to go you got to make moves you know don't you can't wait you know what i mean like a lot of people spend so much time waiting and i never want to be I never, ever, 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 ever want to be, you know, that, that 80 year old, that 90 year old. I want to be 80 and 90, don't get me wrong, <laughs> but I don't want to be that 80 and 90 year old. You know, that's like, I wish. Sure. I want to be that, I want to be that guy that's like, you know, I wish you could have seen what I seen, you know, not, not, yeah. I wish I would have did something. I wish people could s- s- do what I've done and, and, and see what I've seen. You know, another great book, very easy read, very short read, but if you read it 50 times, every single time you read it, you get something out of it. It's called The Alchemist. And I, I talk to a lot of my clients about that. And there's, there's a portion of the book where um, this guy is, he's a sheep herder and he's, he's, he's got a job at a crystal shop. And in the crystal shop, he does very, very well, but it's not... Um, it's not his treasure. It's not, he's seeking a treasure. He's going out and he's looking for this treasure. He gets to a crystal shop, gets a job. He's doing well. And he has an option. He can stay in the crystal shop and do pretty okay. Or he can keep moving and, 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 and create this better thing by finding his treasure. And sometimes I feel like I'm in the crystal shop and I don't want to, I don't want that to sound like negative. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like, um, I want to cultivate more of me, of my mind and my heart and, and branch out and, and do as many big things as I, as I can do. Um, and that's my fear guys, is I want to, I want to, I don't want to leave my crystal shop, but I want to be able to, to, um, allow myself to take a chance outside of my crystal shop. Um, and, and once I can bust out of that, I feel like, um, I feel like you will, uh, you yeah. will. So but then there's always going to be something you will else bust right? out of it and you're going to keep going. <laughs> I said your impact is, you know, I think once you, you hit those moments that you discussed through, through the podcast and you're, you're, you're on fast forward, moving forward, you know, and you're not looking back and you're, you're obviously once again, um, you guys have to check this place out. I mean, it's, I've been to, believe it or not, I've been to a lot of gyms, Calvin, and uh, this is one of the nicest ones I've seen. I actually was trying to scale the monkey bars and I need to work on that. Did you guys get um, video of that or not? Nah, I didn't get that. He's a Stairmaster queen. <laughs> hey, we'll, watch we'll, it over we'll there. Leave, we'll leave that alone. I will say No, 
A lot yeah, of great takeaways. I believe in you. Hey, you want to uh, see who benches more right now? Ooh. Here we you go. Uh, <laughs> I, I challenge to the mat. You want to get on the mat? You could do a chicken fight on the yeah. monkey bars. Let's meet not in the middle burp- and see what happens. Let's not do burpees right now. <laughs> <laughs> After uh, beer and pizza last night, that might not go over well. Horrible but idea. Yeah, idea. yeah. The the Mr. Helicopter got the best of us. So um, no, but uh, you know, once again, uh, follow Tim Dorsey uh, if you're up here. Um, look him up, um, you know, as he progresses his business and he releases things, you know, uh, maybe there's some online opportunities with people throughout our States and, and hopefully this platform will continue to grow on our end too. And we're, we're going to take your advice and keep growing. You know, we've had some folks that uh, have challenged why, why are we doing this? Uh, this is the why, right? You're the why you're the, you're the inspiration behind what we're doing. And we appreciate that. You gave us the energy and the motivation to continue to move on forward with, you know, sharing, uh, stories. And if someone can, you know, we affect one person by listening to Tim Dorsey on an hour podcast, you know, that's, that's my goal. And I know it's with the team here, that's their goal as well. And so, uh, as we progress and you continue to do great things and fight those fears and keep, changing lives uh hopefully not only in northern ohio but across this this country and the world um we would love to continue to to speak with you so and um, i I just want to say that i appreciate you guys number one thinking about me and then uh number two what you just said what you do um you know a lot of a lot of the stuff that we watch on television or that we hear on the radio or that you know we're seeing on social media is so negative it's so like just like it pulls you down and it kind of vampires the energy uh you know out of the room or out of your heart out of your life or whatever and what you guys are doing i think is i think it's really legit and i think that we need just so much more of it if there's more outlets for people to listen to uh positive talk and 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 you know upswing stories and stuff like that you know, the more the better. And, you know, I hope you guys are super successful and keep moving forward and keep doing what you're doing. And, you know, like I said, you know, it's all, everything is everything. So the more you can do this, the more people are going to hear, the more people hear, the more we push through, the more we push through, the better everybody is. So I love it. I love it, man. Thank you so much. I hope to grow our relationship as well. And on behalf of the underdog podcast, myself, Calvin, Miss Tiffany and Patrick over there. Thank you so much. For sure. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening to The Underdog Podcast. Please subscribe and rate our podcast on the Apple and Google Podcast apps and send our Twitter handle a screenshot of your rating at Underdog Pod with your shirt size for a chance to win a free t-shirt. See you next week on the UDP.